Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tech Tea with Kimberly. I am your host, Kimberly Bailey. Friends and family call me Kim. If you are listening, you are now a friend or family member of the show. I'm very excited about our guest today. I have often talked about on other podcasts having a personal board of directors, and this individual became one of mine. You have to have a team when you are in executive leadership and nowadays in any role. And so this particular person, came. I came across him on Google at a time where I really needed someone different on my personal board of directors team. And he came in and did an amazing job. And so I want all of my listeners to meet Lynn Ballinger. He is a He spent 30 years as a U.S. agency security trader and managing director at Morgan Keegan, Raymond James. And after receiving plenty of mentoring and coaching, he navigated the volatile markets and, you know, people working into them. And he shifted his focus in 2017 to helping others who desire not only financial reward, but also relational success in the process. And so he became a certified executive coach. And who doesn't need an executive coach on their team, a part of their personal board of directors? And with his executive coaching, his focus is coaching executives and their people, not only just the executives, but also their people, by helping them navigate the challenges of today's business world while becoming the best leaders that they can be. So join me in welcoming my guest today on Tech Tea with Kimberly my friend, my executive coach, Lynn Ballinger. Hey, Lynn, how you doing? I'm doing good. Kimberly, how are you today? I'm doing very well. I am so happy that you could join me today because I think sometimes people look at, you know, executive leadership and technology and just kind of have tunnel vision and they really need to understand that you got to have a team behind you and a team of people to help you succeed. And that's what I found in you when I Googled you and called you out of the blue saying, hey, I'm having some struggles and I really need your help. So just tell us how you transition into this executive coaching world from being the security trader and managing director at Morgan Keegan, Raymond James. Well, one of my mentors I ran into at a wedding in probably October of 15. So about a little over a year before I actually left and I had kind of reached um, a peak in what I was doing, and it was actually on the downward slope. I wasn't learning as much, and the markets are really slow. And he hit me with a question that I had heard before, but I'd never had anybody put their finger in my chest and say, tell me right now, and start snapping his fingers. And it's, if you could do anything you wanted to do and money wasn't an object and success was guaranteed, quick, tell me really quick what you were doing. And I felt myself involuntarily almost blurting out, well, I love mentoring younger people, younger couples with my wife. I just can't see getting paid for it. And he said, well, two things. Number one, you should never be ashamed of getting paid for something you're really good at. And you are good at that. You've been doing that on and off the trading floor for over 25 years. And secondly, there is a way to get paid for it. It's called coaching. And so that led me on a journey of exploring that, talking to people in the business. And then when I had executive coaching, because there's career coaching, life coaching, um, a variety of different types. When they described executive coaching, I realized that's what I've been doing 
I just, I didn't know it was a thing. I was just doing <laughs> it for kind of fun and it was, you know, just something I was doing on the side. So right. when I realized you could get certified in that, uh, I explored it and uh, essentially volunteered to get severed when they mm -hmm. were doing a round of set of cuts and um, went to the University of Georgia, got certified and been doing it ever since. Wow. So tell us what executive coaching is specifically, like what is it? Well, executive coaching is has got to focus on the the marketplace within mm -hmm. the business. So it's different than some of the other type of coaching uh, as it is related to being productive in business. But as you found, anytime you're talking about what's going on at work, it affects you in your personal relationships as well because it's fleshing itself out. Mm -hmm. But it's it's helping you to be able to become, I basically train people to be a coach so okay. that they can first coach themselves and then coach their people so that if you're not co if you're not if you're trying to manage your people but you're not healthy yourself mm -hmm. uh, because you're not self-aware uh, then you're you're not doing a very good job and you're actually creating more problems than you're solving and so I try to help people have greater self-awareness mm -hmm. and to uh, understand and recognize when they're not in a healthy mind space and then to get back to a healthy mind space quickly and then take those same things that they're doing to manage themselves and then manage their people in the process. Okay. So I, I think I definitely understand what it is. So tell the listeners what it isn't. So if they were to call you in one executive coaching, you know, just kind of tell people what it is not also. Well, we try to differentiate this. This is not counseling. Uh, counseling looks back to something in your past that's blocking you from moving forward. And we occasionally will take a look back and a glance at some things in your history to mm -hmm. see where some of what's going on right now is fleshing itself out. But by and large, we're, we're, this is not counseling. Uh, there have been several clients that in the midst of uh, the coaching process, we unearthed uh, something that was blocking them. And I encouraged them and recommended a counselor to go to. It was actually somebody I've been to. I've been to mm -hmm. counseling. Um, I, a lot of people, there's less stigma, hopefully today around counseling. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people, you know, would most ER doctors prefer you come in with a slight scratch or a sucking chest wound? They mm -hmm. can deal with the scratch much earlier and easier. And so in the same way, you don't have to be you know, at the end of your rope to go get counseling. It's just good mental health. So it's not counseling. It's also not consulting. Consultants come in, assess what's going on, and then tell you what to do, and then they're gone. Mm -hmm. And so this is not consulting. This is me asking uh, probing questions and essentially you arriving at the conclusions on your own. Uh, that's much more powerful than if I just tell you something. So those are the main things. And then, you know, it's not uh, life coaching is more focused on personal relationships and just what's going on in your personal life. Mm -hmm. As I said, that comes up and, and it is applicable, and but it's mainly focused on what's going on at work to help you be successful because these companies are paying significant amount of money and they're expecting some results. So they want it to be more than just, you know, you tidying up your personal life. 
Exactly. And I, I definitely can agree because when I reached out to you, it was really trying to get some direction and trying to just figure out how to, at the time, I was looking to be a better employee for the company. But what I found is the executive coaching helped me be a better me, mm -hmm. no matter what the company was. And so it, it's something that has been very transferable for me that I can utilize no matter what the role. And I just really admired the approach and your ability to just really listen and help me identify what I needed to do to get the success I was looking for. We started out with these ground rules, which, you know, was very good. It was like 10 of them. I'm not going to give them away. But the, the one or two that were very, very, that, that will always stand out to me. Like you said, it's not therapy. Executive coaching is not therapy. But also it says you can't control anyone but yourself. And I think those of us in executive leadership positions who are having challenges just sometimes feel like things have gotten out of control. And when you realize by you know going to executive coaching that you have to figure out how to control yourself is just one of the biggest things that you have to really uncover and figure out how to do. And the last rule was that you would be our biggest cheerleader. And that is exactly what you became. And so, you know, I want to talk to this from like, I know leadership is leadership and just tech leadership has been my, you know, forte. How do you see executive coaching benefiting tech leaders, especially how tech has changed with the dynamics of the pandemic and all of that? How do you see executive coaching being a benefit for a tech leader and maybe their team? Well, I, I think it would be a benefit. There's a general application, whether somebody's in technology or they're in transportation or the automotive, you know, I've worked in all of those, even the mm -hmm. military. Um, they, I got hired to work with a couple of admirals at, uh, out at Millington. And uh, it was interesting. I went in thinking, well, what am I going to tell these guys about leadership? They've been doing it their whole career. Mm -hmm. And that was the main thing they wanted. They wanted more leadership development, even at the admiral level. Uh, but specifically in technology, um, you've got a highly analytical person if they've risen into leadership in technology. The, the, the companies that I've worked with that have um, that have me work with somebody um, that is that is a manager or a vice president that's in the technology, if they're going to have credibility within their division, they need to understand what's going on in their department. Um, by and large, a highly technical, analytical type person um, has a bent, and it tends to be more focused on the task, more focused on the details, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the disk profile. It would be somebody definitely has a, the C is really high. They want the details, um, and they tend to, um, as a result, not always be super aware of how they're coming across. They may be more typically more introverted. And so understanding that about themselves and knowing, you know, I had one client that was, you know, the assignment for, for this person was you be the first one to speak when you walk in a meeting 
and you make eye contact, greet everybody in the room because their tendency was just to go in, sit down, start the meeting and then let other people run it. And mm -hmm. so understanding uh, the challenges around your, your own personality and those around you, because there are those that, you know, we, we, we talked about, I think the Enneagram and as part of that, that we did as well. And if you've got a nine on the Enneagram who sees things from multiple different perspectives, but struggles with making a decision as a result, and also tends to believe the lie that it's not okay to assert themselves, mm -hmm. that person is gold sitting in your meeting Mm -hmm. But you're going to need to call on because yeah. if you don't, you're missing out on multiple perspectives that that person has, mm -hmm. and they're probably not going to step up. Now, if I'm coaching that person that's a nine, I'm going to let them know, all right, you need to contribute at least one thing in every meeting. That's your assignment this week. When we talk next week, I want you to have written down everything that you contributed in each one of those meetings because they need to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that you definitely have a way of getting people to look inward. I am an introvert, and sometimes we're not always aware of how we come off. I think one of the really cool things that you did, and we'll talk about how you've used technology in your business, is when we did some in-person meetings versus um, video meetings because you wanted to see my facial expressions. Because I told you, you know, I, there was some feedback about just how my facial expressions would show up. And so you were intentional about wanting to see that. And so in thinking about just technology, you know, from helping a technology professional, how has technology just even helped you help those professionals? Well, even in getting started, when I was getting certified, I went for a, a week on campus at the uh, University of Georgia, and then I was coached remotely mm -hmm. by a certification coach while I was in turn coaching a practical client here locally. Gotcha. And so that that enabled us to be able to continue the training from a remote perspective once a week while I was continuing to learn and to grow. Uh, since that time, I've had other certifications and have uh, been coached uh, almost exclusively remotely for each one of those certifications. So it allowed me to be able to do that mm -hmm. way and not have to travel. The expense was a lot less as a result. Um, mm -hmm. We did personality assessments, uh, Enneagram, DISC, then I do also, I think with you, uh, um, emotional intelligence assessment mm -hmm. and EQI 2.0. So having all of the, and, and the latest one that I've added is one called Working Genius. Yeah. It's about 20% personality, 80% around actual how work gets done. Mm -hmm. I'm certified in that. And so that having that enables me to be able to give those assessments both individually, like I did with you, but let's say you had a team that you wanted the, the magic in this is seeing how people work together. And so like with work and genius, you'd have, I did a, a workshop last week where we had 12 people take the assessment, spent the first hour talking about what they were individually, spent the second hour showing them the map. And this is how they map out in the group. Here are your strengths. Here are some real gaps that you've got that you need to compensate for, number one. And number two, think about when you hire the next people 
mm. that want to fill that gap. So that enables me to do that remotely with all of them before I'm in person, as well mm. as gather all that information, analyze it um, as well. Social media and, and as far as just my getting my name out there and what I'm doing, LinkedIn mm. is probably the biggest social media presence that I have because it is mostly business related. Mm. I've got a website for my coaching, C12. Uh, I'm a, I'm a chair with C12 as well, which is Christian CEOs and business owners uh, mm -hmm. that gather once a month for peer advisory. My coaching is not faith forward. C12 is. And mm -hmm. so we have a uh, C12 website that allows our members to, to look up their curriculum for the month, mm -hmm. uh, keep track of how they're doing in their businesses, as well as how they're doing personally. Um, and then uh, I created an online coaching course because not everybody has the time or even can afford executive coaching. They're early in their career, their company, maybe they haven't arisen to a point where the company's willing to invest in them in this way. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be able to get some uh, things that are available at a much more affordable price. So I put a, uh, I've got a, a nine session executive coaching course that's online that you can go through at your own pace. And so technology allowed me to do that, you know, filming it right in my own living room. And mm -hmm. uh, it's just up there for people to to have, you know, availability for. Great. So one of the activities in the coaching ses session was about taking personal inventory. And a lot of times when we look at the executive coaching, we're really just trying to enhance our business profile. But it is very key to look at your personal profile as well and kind of merge the two so that you're a better leader. So tell us a little bit about just this personal inventory, because I've had a chance to go back and review mine. And I, it's very eye opening on what I wrote back in what 2021 when I reached out to you versus what's happening with um, my career now. So why is that important as a piece of the coaching method so that you understand um, just, you know, what, what, what is the personal piece? Why is that even needed for your business um, leadership to be a success? Well, you have drivers that are behind, you know, we worked on your core why, which is why is what what's going on is your internal operating motor constantly in the background. Mm -hmm. It's behind what you do. It's behind what you say. Uh, and as we discussed, it can work for you, but it also can work against you. And yeah. so understanding strengths and that, that was my big epiphany. And being trained for certification, they basically had me do every exercise and more that I did with you. Mm -hmm. And I sat there, I'd never thought about it before, but I was sitting there on a Thursday afternoon, half asleep in the middle of the afternoon, trying to stay focused about day four. And they said, we want you to make a list of your strengths and your weaknesses, and then draw a line on it to, from your strength to every weakness that's basically the result of that strength being overplayed. Mm -hmm. And I never connected the dots that my strengths and my weakness was were related. Oh, so okay. Understanding that under as your core foundation mm -hmm. and then by getting feedback. I mean, some of these questions in personal inventory is what do others say about you? What's your manager say about you? It's what, do, what are you willing to invest in your job? 
Mm -hmm. How many hours a week are you wanting to work? I mean, going through this is great before as you're looking for the what's next in your life as well to try to determine, you know, what kind of job am I really looking for? Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and, 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 and allowing you to be able to do that. And then also understanding, you know, what causes you the biggest stress? Mm. And, and, and yeah. we, all, we all have stress. It's uh, when we mismanage that stress is when it becomes anxiety. Exactly. So understanding how we're allowing something that is stressful. You know, a kite flies because of stress. All stress is not bad. Mm. Um, but allowing stress to morph itself into anxiety, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how, how are you capturing your thoughts? Uh, are you allowing them to get in your own, you, you know, most of my clients, once you really boil it down, they're getting in their own way. You know, it's not somebody else that's keeping them from moving forward. It's something mm -hmm. that they're doing either outwardly or more, more often than not, it's inwardly. What are they telling themselves right now? And is it true? You know, half the time, here's, here's a stat uh, that I may have shared with you. We have, depending on which study you look at, we have anywhere between 35,000 all the way to a hundred thousand thoughts a day. Mm. Uh, even for the optimists, 70% of them tend to be negative. And for an overthinker, it's probably triple because I'm an overthinker. <laughs> Pro probably so. And think about, you know, well, I'm not that negative. Why, why would I be thinking all these negative thoughts? Well, it's survival. You know, you walk into a situation, what's the worst thing that can happen? I want to make sure I'm ready for that. That's how people mm -hmm. survive. So thinking negatively is not something that is, is a bad character trait. It's something that comes natural for us from a survival standpoint. Mm -hmm. But 90 to 95% of this garbage that we tell ourselves is mm -hmm. repetitive. Right. So we're repeating these same messages over and over and over again. And I won't get into neuroplasticity on this in this session but it's the it's those mind what we're telling ourselves it's the grooves that we create by repeating the same thing it's the wheel ruts in the trail mm -hmm. and, and getting out of those ruts and creating new thought patterns is where the real work comes in until you can get those ruts created that are positive wow that's that's very interesting so you know when i reached out to you it was very reactionary it was it, but I, I feel like this is something that should be more proactive. And so, you know, looking at what you've done and the clients that you've worked with, like what stage should someone really seek out executive coaching? Is it um, when they're at a mid-level, when they have reached a peak? Like, what do you think is like the right time or, or does it have a right time? Well, I've looked back and thought, you know, what if, what if, now, granted, I'm 61, so when I first started this, there wasn't a whole lot of this out there. Mm -hmm. But if it had been available, I've thought about what would my career, how would it have gone maybe differently had I had a coach and been mm. through it. And I've, I've thought about, you know, I think my path would have been the same, but I probably wouldn't have made some of the mistakes that I made. Um, I don't you know, some people regret things they wish they would have said. I tend to have more regrets around things that I did say that I wish I hadn't. Um, <laughs> there are some, probably some things I would have confronted and had healthier boundaries 
Mm -hmm. uh, earlier on. And as a result, my relationship would have been better with that person because we would have just had kind of like you were talking about clear ground rule rules. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've got an exercise. I've I started asking uh, a lot of probably 20 executives this year. Do you have any personal ground rules that you share with a new employee that you're managing? And I'd say one out of 20 of them did. And so mm -hmm. I've kind of come up with an exercise to help people just get the thought process going, you know, what questions like how often do you, um, when I, when you communicate, what do you prefer? Email, text, voicemail, phone yeah. call. If you send somebody a message, what is your expectation on a response? You know, is it mm -hmm. 24 hours or is it 10 minutes mm. along those lines? But um, I think, Looking at it from the standpoint, it's like I said, you'd much rather go in with a with a small cut than a major life threatening issue. The people that I see that get a lot out of it uh, are coming and they're trying to um, they're, they're they they have it as a perk. Their company says we we believe that we want to invest in you and mm -hmm. it it creates goodwill. And, and, and they feel invested in, and it seems like uh, the younger folks coming into the workplace in the last 10 years really seem to appreciate that. Mm -hmm. uh, correctives don't seem to work quite as well because the buy-in is not as much there. Mm -hmm. And so I there's a couple of clients I should have never taken. Oh, really? Yeah, that uh, they were just, they felt betrayed by their boss mm. and it had not been well communicated on what this was. And they didn't really you know, they just had a, had a, had a block and didn't get, get that much out of it. And so I like working with people that are really excited about what's going on in their life. They mm -hmm. want to make some positive changes. Uh, life tends to humble you at different mm -hmm. times. So if there's a level of humility and, and realizing I've got some room to grow, mm -hmm. uh, I would say or people that are really early in their, in their career, I would read as much as you could for personal development. A lot of Patrick Lencioni books. Mm. I think I've read everything that he's written. And his books tend to be more uh, fables, allegories, so that you get caught up in the story, but then there's a practical application. There's on, you know, my, like my on online course, that's 750 bucks, which is a lot less expensive than, you know, executive coaching one-on-one -on -one in person. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, avail yourself of that. And then, talk to your manager and say, you know, Hey, is there some personal development money that's allotted to this position? I'm thinking about doing something. And even if the answer is no, you've just voiced to your boss. I'm not willing to sit still. I want to continue to grow and develop. And, and this I, I'm moving. I'm, I've got things I want to do. And I'm, I'm putting you on notice that I'm trying to, to grow and progress. And there is an expectation that there's going to be you know, levels higher than me. Last mm -hmm. thing I'd say on that question is if you've just come, come into a new role and you've got a new team that you're managing or you got a new manager as well, but you're going to be managing people, it's mm -hmm. an excellent time to really make sure that you understand yourself really, really well and find out who's on your team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. What is sometimes when you're looking out for executive coaching as um, something to add to your tool belt, how do you integrate that with, with teams? You know, sometimes you're trying your best to figure it out for yourself. How do you get your 
the people that you're leading even involved into executive coaching and what does that look like for them? Well, I'll give you an example that was pretty aspirational. When I was working with uh, the Admiral mm -hmm. early on in that engagement, he said, could our next session, could you come to my com uh, to our staff meeting and send it and observe and then sit with my commanders afterwards and observe and then give me feedback on how I did? And I said, sure. And so we went and sat down and it was I felt like a puppy following him into this room because uh, I had no idea what was going on. And I just there all of a sudden there was a, a place for me to sit right next to him at the head. They mm -hmm. said officer on deck, 36 people stood up and they said this. I want to introduce you to, to Lynn Ballinger. He's not an auditor. So relax. He is my <laughs> executive coach mm -hmm. He's helping me be a better leader mm. now. The, I, later, one of the things I said, when you did that, you did two things. Number one, you let everybody in there know you had not arrived, that you were still growing as a leader. But the second thing you did is you would put everybody else on notice. If the admiral's still growing, you better be growing too. So that yeah. sets that. So if you let people know, hey, I've got a coach. I'm wanting to grow. I'm getting, these are the benefits that I get out of it. And part, and some of the exercises, as you know, is where you go get feedback from people that you work with. Yeah. One of the, one of the misconceptions around that, some people have a hesitancy. I think it makes me look weak. Do I want to go get input? In reality, it's the opposite. It makes you look a lot stronger because you're confident enough, number one, to get input, even from a subordinate. Mm-hmm. Secondly, mm -hmm. it, it it allows you to get some necessary feedback to have a better relationship with that person. And right. so if the leader is modeling this, then their team should embrace it even more so and actually go, man, how can I get in on this? Because I'm seeing some changes in my leader that I like. I'd kind of like to have some of those same things for myself. Right. I think one thing that as I was prepping for our time together, it talked about some people in executive roles kind of feel like they're on an island and executive coaching kind of helps them not feel that way. And I think that was one of many of the challenges for me. I did feel like it was just me. I had nowhere to go. I had no one to just really talk to. And so I think that's a benefit of having someone like you as a personal part of their board of directors. You have an extension of someone who you can talk to who's not in the industry, who's not a peer, but someone who has an external view. And so how important is that just to seek someone outside of what you're doing just to help you navigate at your day-to-day -day job? Well, it's... You having a personal mentor, you mm -hmm. know, outside the business is, is good, but somebody who understands and knows you. And so typically what I do is with uh, a lot of clients, you know, we, we did the 12 sessions, you know, yes. we do it a week. And after that, I've, I'm available, you know, someone, one client hired me every two weeks and then we went to monthly mm -hmm. uh, Some clients hire me quarterly Mm -hmm. uh, to, to basically see how they're doing, hold them accountable to the work that they've made, make sure they have not lost some ground. Also uh, introduce some new things that I've learned because I'm continuing to grow all of my old clients. I'm going back and letting them know I can do work in genius uh, workshops with them. 
but also um, I I can serve as a sounding board so that if they've had a tough situation, A, I already know them really well because of all of the assessments and the time that we've spent with each other. At that point, we've spent at least 18 hours together, 12 mm -hmm. 90 minute sessions. And so I know them really well, and therefore I can serve as outside input and somebody that's not emotionally involved in their situation. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't have a grudge against anybody that they work with and didn't have all those experiences. It, it, I'm sad and it bothers me and hurts me when I hear somebody that's struggling, but I'm not emotionally tied up and can and provide that sounding board. I mean, that that's what C12 does for a lot of these leaders is they, you know, the saying it's lonely at the top is not just a saying, it's pretty true. Mm -hmm. And this allows them to get together and have peer advisory. But then I also meet with each one of them one-on-one -on -one. It's been interesting. I've let uh, all of the members that I have in C12 know I have these tools in my tool bag for executive coaching. Mm -hmm. But in the three years I've been doing it, nobody has gone through all of them because there always is something front of mind they want to talk about that's currently going on. And so I kind of slide into that sounding board role. Do you need to be at a certain stage of an executive to benefit from what you offer? Like, do you need to manage a certain size team or what does that look like to benefit from executive coaching? Well, the self-awareness can be great for anybody at any stage, mm -hmm. but it's a lot more powerful when you do have people that you're managing and are responsible for mm -hmm. because your impact is going to be greater if you're managing people and, and the responsibility is just that much higher as well. And especially if you're managing managers, mm -hmm. you're, you're basically, like I said, learning to be a coach so that you can coach your people. And then you coach your people and train them to be a coach so they can coach their people. And then it's got the whole trickle down effect uh, to basically improve the, you know, a buzzword these days tends to be around corporate culture. Yeah, and, and a lot of it, de it 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 depends on. Do you have? Are you a humble servant leader, and as asper, you know, and, and inspire your people, or are you dictatorial and you've got a a a, a trail of bodies behind you because it's my way or the highway? Mm, yeah. So, what do you think? Because I think I'm at a stage now where I've I've had that executive leadership role, and I'm enjoying a break from that. Um, do you think that's um, that's not like a, a giving up or, you know, it's it's just a pause? And what do you think about leaders who just sometimes just need a pause in all of it? I think taking a step back for perspective is great. Um, you remember the personal quarterly meeting? Yes. That, that's something that, you know, we encourage people to take a half a day and spend time, you know, it's the, it's the old adage, if you're not sharpening your saw, your work gets a lot harder mm -hmm. dealing with a blade. And so to do that, um, I would say is, is great. Now, uh, depending on the direction that you're going, uh, I wouldn't take too long a break if you're going to get back in the management game of other people. But if you're mm -hmm. going down a new path and going to be an entrepreneur and maybe starting your own company, going mm -hmm. into consulting, uh, that provides you with that foundation to be able to then be able to healthy way because from a 10 person team where camaraderie was through the roof, we had a ton of fun. We were like brothers. We were like family had, you know, issues like family did, but we worked it out. And then now 
Uh, I'm having very intense one-on-one -on -one conversations, but it's not with a group of people every day. It's one person here, one person there, one person there. So if if you're not careful, uh, similar to being lonely at the top, it can get pretty isolating unless you put some things in place that allow you to be able to rub shoulders with other people as well as have a mentor, have a coach, somebody mm -hmm. that you can at least discuss things with. Gotcha. Well, um, this has been very good and very interesting. And I'm glad that, you know, we have resources like you in this area to help those of us in technology fields, no matter what level, to help us be successful. I was looking at what success looks like to me as a part of one of our activities. And uh, I'll read it verbatim because I, it, it is what it is. It says, leaving the city of Memphis IT division better than what uh, better than what it was when I came and moving on to a role that values my experience and provides growth, even if it is totally different from what I am doing now. And to write that back in, 2021, yeah, to now, kind of speaks to really where my mind frame is, that I'm open to doing something different and new, wanting to be successful at it, but also wanting to make sure that where I was, you know, I had some type of impact. And I think you kind of helped me reveal that no matter how the situation is, how you navigate it and try to be the best that you can be in those um, different you know, areas and no matter what's going on around you. So I can do nothing but thank you for jumping on board and answering the call and giving me good sound advice. Even when I showed up a mess, sometimes I'd show up you know, happy, go, go lucky. And some days I show up in tears, but you were very consistent, very you know, attentive to what our goals were. You kept me on track. And so I appreciate you know, you navigating me through that. And I still, even though I'm not leading a team now, and I'm not sure what that will look like, it's still very practical for me to use that because I am still in front of executives. And so I think about my presence. I think about, you know, my listening. I think about, you know, what I want each engagement to be. And I think about my why. Um, that was one of the biggest things of this is, you know, what is your why? And I can appreciate you diving into that because it helped me see how I respond to things and why I respond to things a certain way. One of the statements in our book was your upbringing will shed light on why you do the things you do today. And so kind of looking back at that and understanding my why, which is to be understood and to understand is why I ask questions, why I say I need clarity, why when I'm not getting that, I seem a little frazzled because I just really want to understand and be understood. But I didn't have the words for that or what to put to that until you and I start having our sessions. And so I can show up now in an interview knowing, okay, this is my why, I can speak to that. I can show up um, just differently trying to get to that without it leading, leaning in a bad way, keeping it in a positive way. So all of that was just very instrumental in you know, just the way that I try to move forward. Um, now that we're you know, in this different way, the, the way that technology is just expanding and the way that everything is happening, all around us. I um, 
want us to just kind of shift in what we're talking about because we've talked about a lot about what you do for others. I have a segment of our podcast that's called Forward Ever, Backward Never. And I will always have executive coaching as a part of my forward ever. If I ever need it going forward, you will be one phone call or text message away. And one thing that I wish, I know that I would never do again is to go into something without referring back to some of the activities and things that we did. So never again will I go into a role or a position without leading um, with some of these tools that you gave me. So from your perspective on a forward ever, what is something that you're looking forward to doing or what is some advice you'd like to give to those of us moving forward? Well, I, I don't ever plan on retiring. Um, <laughs> Never you know, leave? No, nah, I mean, because yeah, like, you know, I could be physically unable to get around, but I can do this, you know, yeah. remotely. So I get a lot of joy out, out of doing this. Mm -hmm. uh, my why is to impact. And so hopefully it's, positive. Yes. You know, my wife has a signal if we're at a party and I'm oversharing or too excited because my passion has turned into intimidation. She taps me on the leg and that's back off cowboy. They've reached their saturation point. And that's whenever <laughs> I know I need to start asking questions. So um, I, I, I'm just, I can't believe I get to do this. I get a front row seat to see transformation and people mm -hmm. get excited about positive changes in their lives and that they're they're I'm 61 and I'm still growing and developing you you're never you're never beyond that so I hope that that continues I guess the one word of advice is around that and you alluded to it a bit with your role now is I would just encourage folks to be curious mm -hmm. our society has devolved into a uh, we're a bunch of monologists we want to, you know, when was the last time you went to a party and had people ask you good questions? Yeah, most times people, wanna, people just want to know what you do. It's, yeah, they want to know what you do. And then they, but they really are, they're hoping that you're going to turn around and return serve so that they can go on a 30 minute tirade on what they do or talk about <laughs> something, po politics, Yeah, you know, far left, far right. You know, there, there's, most of us are in between, but they want to camp out on the extremes. Right. Uh, and so to ask more solid, good questions, mm. you know, one of the questions I love to ask if I'm trying to get to know somebody is what, what are you excited about right now? I mean, that'll tell you a lot about that person. What's mm -hmm. going on in their life? I've got a new job. We just bought a new house. I've got a new pet. I'm in a new relationship. You know, just what, what, what are you excited about? Um, and I remember just being frustrated early in my career. My wife and I would go to a party and we'd get in the car and go, did you have a good time? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times if we had been around a bunch of, you know, monologues, <laughs> uh, the answer was no. So we kind of flipped it and we said, how about from now on, we don't ask each other, did we have a good time? What if we ask ourselves, ask each other, were you able to blossom somebody? Were you able mm. to find somebody and get to know them mm -hmm. and ask some things about it? And what's interesting is when people talk about you later, they say, well, what was he like? Well, I don't know. He just kept asking me questions. He's a great guy. 
And why am I a great guy? Because I'm interested in you, yeah. which is your favorite topic right there. So um, just being interested in people validates people. People feel seen and heard and known. And we miss that a lot with texting and emails and uh, you just don't get that much interaction. So my, my encouragement to folks these days is just be curious mm-hmm. because it'll be amazing what you find out, especially if you're managing people. Just by asking good questions, you could find some stuff out that, you know, you might not know otherwise. Right. Great. That's a great forward ever. That's a lot. I, I, I can't wait until my next networking event so I can say to someone, Instead of what you do, where you, where you come from, where you, what are you excited about right now? I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So what about backward never? What is something that you wouldn't do? I know I wouldn't want to navigate without some type of executive coaching. What would you not do again? Well, I'm, I mentioned earlier, uh, there's some clients that I shouldn't take. Okay. Uh, um, I also, and, and the ones I took were early in my career where I, I came from more of a needy, mm-hmm. I need this client, you know, I'm just getting started and I want, you know, I'm not going to turn anybody away mm-hmm. and um, needy is creepy. I've learned. So you don't want to <laughs> be needy. Uh, you want to be working from a position of strength mm-hmm. and not, not need this, but desire it. It's kind of like in the working genius, every one of the geniuses has something that they crave. They don't need it, but they just crave it. They really mm-hmm. desire it. And that's where they're really rocking on all cylinders. So um, I would, I would do that. Um, and then other, the other thing is, you know, another good question to ask people is what are you really afraid of? Mm. You know, what's a core fear? And what I would try never to do again is to make decisions out of fear. Because when you do that, you're sometimes in panic mode and Mm -hmm. that doesn't always bring about the best decision. Um, And it's, and it's probably a lot of times because you're not believing something that's completely true. Mm. And so I I took a counseling course one time we talked about counseling and because I was being asked to do some of this earlier, but Mm -hmm. I remember in the last session with the guy that was training us, he just said, if you can do one thing as a counselor only, this is the one thing you can do and you can be a really good counselor. If you can help people identify the lies that they're believing mm. and replace it with the truth, you can be a great counselor. Wow. And so I think that's, if I could go back, there would be more opportunities where I would, because we don't have the grace to deal with our imagination. <laughs> You know, I don't have, and then usually your imagination is something in the future Mm -hmm. that hadn't happened yet that might happen, but you Mm -hmm. don't know what's going to happen. And what is it? I don't know how they counted them, but you know what? 90% of everything we worry about doesn't happen anyway. You know, so are, we're spending all of this bandwidth and energy and thoughts around things that more, most of them aren't even going to happen. Right. So if I could stay in the moment, stay present focus on what I know is real and let the future mm-hmm. handle itself. I think I would be, I would have made better decisions and I would have enjoyed the process a whole lot more rather than allowing some of that stress to turn into anxiety. Wow. That's great. I was going to ask you about advice for a tech leader or somebody 
you know, aspiring to be one, but I think you gave it to me, you know, that you're just, you have such a great way with words and insight. And that's one of the things of many that I really appreciate about our sessions, the way that you got me to see things differently and changing how I thought about um, what was happening to me and for me and all of that, and just not believing the lie you know, just changing how I really thought about it. So because I am just a Lynn Ballinger fan, and I think everyone should have a Lynn as a, one of the members of their personal board of directors, how would somebody get in touch with you or how could they, you know, take advantage of you, of your services and just being able to have you on their team? Uh, if it's for executive coaching, my website is ballingerexecutivecoaching.com. Mm -hmm. And my uh, email is lynn.ballinger at ballingerexecutive.com. If you're a leader and want to be a part of peer advisory, uh, c12forums.com. And then you can find the Memphis. We're international now, but you can mm -hmm. put in a zip code or Memphis and it'll take you to the website where I'm on there along with Bob Phillips. We're the two local chairs and we'd be happy to discuss getting you plugged in because you'd be in a monthly peer group meeting. And then you'd also have one-on-one -on -one coaching with me as part of that as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you, Lynn. I appreciate it. Any closing words before we leave out today? I'm spent. I think I gave you everything. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for saying yes to um, having some tech tea with me today. I hope that everyone will get either Lynn or somebody like Lynn on their team. And just no matter what you're going through, just always remember to Kim. That means keep it moving. It's my pleasure, Kim. Thanks for having me.